that's why I think, again, let's go back to strength conditioning and the deadlift effect. That's why I think it's so great to focus on becoming physically strong because you have to step into your pain to be able to actually like release it. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, the host, and I take you on the journey of my own trauma healing and share real, raw, and authentic life situations. My mission is to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to start a self-healing journey, build healthy habits, habits and create a life you love. If you haven't already, click the follow button and leave a review. Also check out my website, habitsyoulove.com, where you can find even more resources, healing practices, and support. Now let's get to the episode. Words, words, words. Um, this is going to be an interesting podcast. We've got this podcast down. We're the podcast's best. <laughs> I think it's so funny and ironic how I just had Janine on my episode two episodes ago now, and she introduced us. I moved back to Florida in 2022, and I think between me leaving and coming back, Janine had started going to your gym, yep. Scorch. So I got back and she was like, you should really check out this gym I've been going to. It's more heavy lifting. It's more power lifting. And I think it took me a couple of weeks. Actually, no. It took me a couple of months to actually get in there. <laughs> and then I tried one class. And I think you... You were there, but you weren't coaching. No, I, I, I didn't take your class. No, I think I took class with you. No, you took class before me, and then I showed up, uh, and then you were there. Okay. Long story short, I think for me at the beginning, it was more so like I was looking for a place of work. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think Janine had told me that you guys might need help. So that was really it for me. And then met you, and then we met for coffee three days later. And then you know how you just like, you have this like perception of someone or expectation of them. And then you meet them and you talk for like an hour and you're like, oh, you're a normal human being. Yep. And we were like very similar and like we just connected super quick, I feel like. Yeah. It's funny because I didn't even think I knew that you were like looking for a job at that time and you like walked into the gym and then you obviously like are fit and like have done workouts before and I was laughing because like I remember because like in my mind, I'm just like, I'm like, she looks like she could work here. I think I'm just going to ask her if she wants a job here. I don't know anything about her yet, but I'm just going to figure it out. And so... And, <laughs> and that, now knowing how you are, that's exactly how you are. Anyways. That's, yeah. That's, but I think that when people come into, especially like a strength conditioning gym, especially like... And nothing against like female hard ass like strength coaches and all that kind of stuff. But... I think that people think that when they come in, it's, it's going to be this like tough person and everything has to be like super regimented and all this kind of stuff. And like, meanwhile, I run Scorch like it's like, okay guys, well, we're home. What does everyone <laughs> want for dinner? <laughs> yeah, I know. And not intimidating at all. Like you're obviously in super in shape, but you're not some like, Ooh, buff. I'm a, no. I'm a female. No. And like, and it's funny. Cause like, obviously I come from a lot, obviously, but by looking at me, you have no idea, but I come from a background of powerlifting mm-hmm. since the age of like 13 years old. And, um, so yeah, I used to like back squat 300 pounds and like deadlift close to 400 and like do all these crazy things. But it, to me, it never was for trying to quote unquote, be a badass or be tough or whatever like that. It was more for just, you know, like mental health, save my sanity, hope for the yeah. best. I was going to say, when was that? When, how old were you when you were doing that? 13. I started when I was 13. So I was diagnosed when I was like 10, I think with like, um, clinical depression, which years later you find out it's all because of like childhood traumas mm-hmm. and craziness mm-hmm. and, but Whatever. Which one we can get into a dun, little today. Dun, dun. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I started weightlifting. The big reason I did do it though was because I ran track, and here I was like some skinny little thing, and I had no muscle on me, and I wanted to be faster. And what's the best way to get faster? Like lifts weights. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad is a competitive powerlifter. So I got to learn. I had a beautiful home gym in our house. So even though like we were like broke AF. My dad would spend all he of his money. He made sure on. he had that gym. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, cool, we can't afford like to do anything, but we can go into the basement and yeah, lift in our full dang. York barbell hundred thousand dollar gym. Yeah. Dang, that's kinda awesome though. Yeah. That's kinda savage. So maybe that's why I have all my issues around money, but I still buy gym equipment. <laughs> That sounds like a parallel. <laughs> okay, it kind of explained the what you just said about 
when, if you want to run faster, you need lift weights because yeah. I know a lot of runners, marathon runners that they're just not in shape and they don't lift. So elaborate on that a little yeah. bit, why they need to be lifting. Yeah. So, well, and we can like go into the science of it. So my degree is in athletic training, which is more like sports medicine-y type stuff. We do rehab and prehab and all that fun stuff. So basically when your body has two energy systems, your anaerobic energy system and your aerobic energy system, and they use different types of fuel. Um, one uses oxygen to make ATP. One uses glucose or glycogen, muscle glycogen to make ATP. So by training only one of those systems, you end up making it so you're not even using the other system. And so it makes it so you're not fully at your athletic potential at that point. So you see a lot of runners where, and I'm a runner, well, I was a runner, like competitively at a very high level. And, uh, if I didn't train both my aerobic and my anaerobic energy systems, I wouldn't have the endurance that I had. I wouldn't have the speed that I had, but I also wouldn't have the injury prevention that I had. Also, a lot of runners I see, they deal with weight issues, especially like around their abdomen. They're like, wow, I can't seem to get rid of like my gut and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I so, see that all the time. Yeah. So when you're overtraining one energy system and you're not tapping into the other one, you run the risk of stressing your body out, which increases cortisol. And when you increase cortisol, it actually really does focus first around the abdomen. So you gain belly fat. And so it's actually your body telling you that the type of training that you're doing is not working for you. It's stressing your body out. Um, Does that come from, it could work for you for a little bit and mm -hmm. then it stops? Yeah, no, absolutely. So your body can take on a certain amount of stress. Like it's not like you're going to try it one day and your body's going to blow up like a balloon. It's this a little bit of stress and a little bit of stress and a little bit of stress day after day after day. And it compounds. And then let's say you are battling an injury at the same time. Let's say you're under eating while you're running because you want to get abs. You're like, okay, I totally have to cut my calories. Let me do that, but I'm going to up my running. Okay. Well, now you just stressed your body out even more. So it's a compounding effect over time versus when your cardio is super important. So let's say you love running, so you're running, but then you're also doing your strength training. So you're keeping your muscles up full and strong. You're not getting injured. You're feeding yourself and you're doing all the things that your body wants and needs. So basically I always tell people, I'm like, just love your body. Like, yeah. Don't, don't like overdo it in one area and then like feel like crap afterwards. Yeah. Like do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Well, that's where I feel like people will start to run or they'll be like, I want to lose weight. So I want to start to run. And it does work for them for a period of time. And then all of a sudden they hit this wall. And that's like what yep. you were saying is like, you have to start using both energy systems. Yep. Yeah. And it, I know it's, it sounds complicated. People are like the anaerobic and the aerobic energy is really not fancy word. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one of them literally is for endurance and one of them is literally for power. Yeah. So that, that's what it is. It's, it's simple. Talk about the different types of athlete, because I think that ties yeah. into, into that, like, well, power athlete, mm-hmm. endurance athlete, there's essentially three different types yep. of athletes. So, and I, personally broke it down just because like with Scorch, we obviously do. Um, and I keep saying, obviously do like people listen to this probably have no idea what we do. <laughs> um, so, but, <laughs> or know that it is an obvious thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we do endurance, strength and power in all of our workouts. But the idea is, is that your body is uh, primed to either be an endurance athlete primed to be a power athlete or primed to be a hybrid athlete. These I've broken down into type one, which is your endurance athlete, type two, which is your power athlete and type three, which is your hybrid athlete. They actually mimic the type of muscle fiber that your body has the majority of. So type one athletes have primarily more slow twitch oxidative fibers. That means that's my endurance. You make energy with oxygen. You can do it all the time. Endurance stuff is fun for you. Um, then my type two athletes, these are my sprinters. These are my power athletes. They're the ones who actually use muscle glycogen to create ATP primarily. They have more of that type two a X fiber. So don't even worry about like type two fiber, type two, AX fiber, type one fiber, whatever. Just think type one athlete, endurance athlete, type two athlete, power athlete. And then our type three is our hybrid athlete. And they have a mixture of both those type one and type two muscles. And so they're able to not only use oxygen to make energy, but they're able to use muscle glycogen to make energy. So we call those the oxidative glycolytic fibers. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. What kind of athlete are you? <laughs> I'm an oxidative glycolytic. No, you don't have to say those things because then people think you're nuts. So so understanding your athlete type. So if you're someone who is primarily a type one athlete and you are training all type two, your body's going to become super stressed out and you're not going to see the results you want. Or versus if you're a type two athlete. And so for instance, like I'm, I'm more of hybrid type two. 
So if I do too much endurance and I don't do enough strength, my body freaks mm -hmm. out. I get injured easier. My immune system actually starts to go. So I actually get sick. So your body really does want to train like it's athlete type. And there's certain ways people are like, well, how do I know my athlete type? Well, you could go get a muscle biopsy test. Um, and they could tell you the, the ratio of muscle fibers yeah. you have, but that's painful. So don't go do that. Yeah. Um, we created a quiz. Yeah. Um, the quiz is awesome. I, I definitely do the quiz. I can't believe it worked. I joke because I worked really hard on it, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, when you have that, um, you're just like, I know I put all this effort into it, but like, what if it doesn't work? Yeah. What like, do you mean work is in like the technical details or the people doing it? So like everyone it? who took the test. Yeah. So I had all these people take the test who I knew which type of athlete they were. I didn't tell them anything about it. I just made them all do it. But I've obviously been training a lot of these people. I did it again, obviously. I have been training these people <laughs> for upwards of seven to 10 years. Mm -hmm. I know their bodies. I know what they respond to. I know how to train them efficiently. And every single one of them, I think it was about, I had about 80 people do it. Every single one of them hit their so, athlete type. Yeah. Yeah. And you came up with those questions. It's not correct. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. However, a really good quiz. All the questions are based in actual physiological research. Like, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Everything. everything you do is science backed. Yeah. Someone yeah. else did it and I researched yeah, exactly. it and then right. put it together. Right, right, right. You didn't invent the athlete types. No. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe the type one, two, and three. I haven't seen anyone else call that. Yeah, so yeah. we can hone in on that. Not how do, how do we like diabetes types? No, gosh. Yeah. It's the opposite of diabetes That's, types. It's the opposite of diabetes types now. But understanding what your athlete type is. And I think that in just like with Scorch, I've worked with probably, well, between Scorch and I've been in this industry literally for 18 years. I've been writing exercise programs. So I've probably worked with over like 10,000 people at this point. I just see how frustrated people get. And then when they're, because they're working so hard and they're not seeing results or they see a little bit of results or they see a ton of results and then everything backfires in their face. I think people mostly gravitate. They just want to be type one. They just want to, I just want to go for a walk. I just want to go for a run. They don't want to actually mm -hmm. do that. They don't want to lift. Yeah. So I think everyone naturally gravitates towards starting at type one first. Yeah. And then when that doesn't work and they get frustrated or it only works for a certain amount of time. I do think a majority of people avoid lifting. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's scary at first yeah. if you've never done it before, yeah. especially when you're going to come into a gym like ours where it's like, yo, here's a barbell. Have a nice time. <laughs> Obviously we don't do that. If you come into our gym, we're going to be like, Hey, let us nurture you. Yeah. There's all <laughs> types of people in that gym. Yeah. All types. Yep. But they're all brave and courageous enough to show up and yep. come in in the first place. And yeah. it's, yeah, you guys make it very easy to understand. I think all the coaches are great. You guys walk around and make sure everyone's doing their form correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I definitely fell in love with it coming back, you know, from Florida and I was like, Oh, I never knew this existed. And it's been here seven years and I've drove past it <laughs> so many times. And that's why you work there to help me with marketing. I know. <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> after all these years. Yeah. Yes. We were a strictly word of mouth gym, but yeah, no, like, like you said, just like you, they're strong and courageous and all that kind of stuff to even just show up and walk in the door. But I think that even that it's one of those things where it's like, they have to take that leap of faith because some of that mental strength doesn't exist until mm -hmm. after they start mm -hmm. weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get into that in a little bit. Dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> so you're obviously very knowledgeable. What's your degree in? What's My degree your... is in athletic training. So you know, those people that run out onto the fields when like a pro athlete like blows out their ACL yeah. and goes out and like tests them and then yeah. like wraps them in cards mm -hmm. off. That's what my degree is in. Okay. So you're in that. Yep. You've obviously been doing it a long time. Walk us through the process of starting Scorch and how you did, <laughs> how you did that, why you did that. Do you want the dramatic version? Do you want the non-dramatic um, version? Non-dramatic. Well, <laughs> how juicy do we want to make this podcast? I will tell you that this could be a, we could do a whole podcast on how not to get screwed over by a multi-billion dollar business and create your own brand from it at the age of 24. But there you go. that's a good podcast. Episode. Yeah. We could, we, got we obviously could that. stem out and do so many yeah. different episodes from um, this one. Yeah. So that's well, like, usually when I interview someone, I leave, I'm like, damn it. I wanted to expand on this. I wanted yeah. to expand on this. So we'll definitely have to do that. Well, good thing we're we'll right, make down, it, right down the road from each oh, other. Oh yeah. We'll make it a part of our book club. We'll yeah. also just like record our book club conversations. We should. Yeah. People are going <laughs> to think we're weird. Um, we're weird. So Scorch started because I actually didn't even want Scorch to start. I'm not going to lie. Um, so, uh, and the reason, the reason I didn't want it to start is because I had already opened a gym for a multi-billion dollar company and they are very well known in the sports and fitness space. They're known globally. I was a strength coach for them 
um, I ended up taking their programming for professional athletes and created the modified version for the everyday person. We were supposed to franchise that concept. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I can't say it. <laughs> Actually, honestly, at this point, we're so many years out and there was never a non-compete. Yeah. So we probably could say the name, yeah. but we're not yeah. gonna. No, we're not gonna. Um, keep it. We'll keep it. Um, keep it nice. Keep it fancy on Yeah, here. just in case, because occasionally I do some. Because <laughs> we are a multi-billion dollar yeah. company. Yeah. I, I don't they, want them shutting down my little podcast. I don't know. They tried to sue me. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> okay. So, I feel better then. <laughs> yeah, so shutting down my podcast. <laughs> you said our name. No. So they, I created this concept for them. And when I say for them, it was really f like for them. I didn't do it with them. They basically were just like, here's a space. Here's the idea. Go. And I put my heart and soul into it. And they ended up working to franchise it. And then as it got more popular, they never wanted to increase my pay. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't signed a non-compete at that point. And mm -hmm. I took all my programming and I ran away and I lived oh, between yeah. New York and Boston for four months while I was hiding. Um, <laughs> it's on the run. Yeah. With, on the run. I literally went up to, literally I was between Boston and New York. Really? Yeah. And so I was 20... Five. Did you just time. like leave? You just didn't say anything? I told them that I was leaving, like I was still working there. And I was like, hey, I have this opportunity. I have to go up north. It's that's a whole nother podcast that we can do of what happened when I was up north. My life has been super nuts. Um, it really has. It's, yeah, it's. In it's, your short 34 years. It's a little too much sometimes. No, um, it's awesome. I've made a lot of good friends along the way. And yeah. You took it. So ran. I ran. But when I got back, the they were still trying to run it without me or the concept of it. And it was just kind of going downhill fast. So was it something within that? Like, how were they going to franchise that? Like, they weren't a franchise. No, no, no. They, but they had the funding to be able to do franchises. So their idea was they took my programming with the idea that we could create a gym structure with high-intensity strength and conditioning classes um, in a small space. So similar to like an Orange Theory model, but this was before Orange Theory was big. And they could then Which go- they missed out on that. And reproduce market. and reproduce and reproduce. Yeah. So I created the programming. I had trained trainers on how to teach the programming. We had even done a certification program. Mm. So people, the people listening to this who are personal trainers might've actually flown into Florida and done, we had people mm. flying from all over the world mm. to be certified for, for like by us. Wow. And I would teach programming. What, was and, it called? That, that, what we created was called Ignite 360. Ignite 360. Okay. Yeah. okay. So it was a training certification. It was gyms. It was, um, it was supposed to be gyms. Plural. Gotcha. That's what got me into opening my first gym. Um, I got to learn a lot during that yeah. time. So I swore I would never open another gym again. Yeah. And then, and, and then, then <laughs> a, an acquaintance of mine was basically looking to, he wanted to open a gym. His family had the financial capability of giving hundreds of thousands of dollars in a low interest loan and he needed someone to partner with. And uh, he asked me and I kind of just, I think I was like the third person he asked to because I didn't want to do it. And what he wanted to do a gym. He wanted to do a gym and I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And so it was just one of those things where I was like, fine. Like yeah. I get to build my dream gym and I get to do my own programming. And so I almost tripled the amount of space from the first gym I had opened um, wow. bought all the equipment that I could ever want, mm -hmm. like all the power racks, all the cardio mm -hmm. equipment, the full turf space. Like it's, it's very bougie. I will say yeah, <laughs> locker rooms, coffee in the morning yes. and tea and then hangout it. area yeah. and showers and yep. nice showers. Yep. Good, a good, nice new equipment. Yeah. And everything that would make it like more of like a community and yeah. that it was like ours. Um, and so we, we did it. It took us a year. It's so funny. So I was 26 at the time. And by the way, I'm so broke during all of this. This mm -hmm. is the funniest part mm -hmm. is too, is I have no money. I have mm -hmm. tons of student debt. Like mm -hmm. I was trying to like personal train randomly just to like pay like the basic mm -hmm. bills and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, so if anyone ever wants to start a business, like just do yeah. it. That's how it is though. Yeah. You, that's what, that's what it that's is. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's very rare. I mean, it obviously does happen. It's just very rare that someone's like, you know, just coasting along and like, that's fine. Like it's yeah. business is being built. I'm good. Yeah. It's usually a freaking well, grind. If you have a trust fund, it's a different story. Yeah. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. So I'm writing these podcasts down. We have two new ones so business far. Business partners <laughs> is trust funds. So <laughs> God, we're going to get so much trouble. Yeah. We, we built this thing and honestly, within the first couple of weeks, it, we just had tons of people in it like worked from the very beginning. It was very odd, very odd. We'd put all this money into it. And so a couple years into it though, um, I, my business partner at the time and I realized that we weren't, 
we didn't have the same mission. And so I ended up buying him out with, with my current partners. Yeah. And so just because it was more about community and helping people figure out that like by becoming physically stronger, they could become mentally stronger. And we had hundreds of members at this point and eight, nine classes a day. The gym, this is pre-COVID by the way, uh, gym was slammed every class maxes out of 24 people. It was, it was insane. So that's how it started. And you made it through COVID. Oh yeah, we did. During COVID, we actually spent money. We like did some like fun stuff on the gym. We like added a new wall mural. Yeah. Like did you some... have an app. Yep. Oh yeah. We have an app. Yeah. We have a workout yeah. app. We have lots of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Made it through COVID. What would you say? I mean, you've obviously been doing this seven years. You have one location. You have a very consistent client base. What mm-hmm. is your next level for <laughs> What do you want it to I be? Do, I don't know. Okay. At one point, I wanted to own more locations. At one point, I wanted to franchise. At one point, all of this stuff before COVID. And then obviously after COVID, it was just such a like, okay, what do we do? And so and I obviously don't have a great degree in business, but at the same time, I've learned so much. So you can have all these goals and I want to do this, this, and this. And then you have to look at it from a business perspective. Like, okay, if I'm going to open more locations. Like what is my current overhead on this location? Okay. I know that I spend roughly 25 grand a month just to keep the doors open. And uh, that's a lot. Now, if I go open in a bigger area, guess what? It's going to be even more than that. So can I sustain that? Can I put up the funding for it? Will it last a length of a commercial lease 10 years? Mm -hmm. So you have, there's so many things you have to think about. So I would like to be able to franchise the concept at some point, just because of the programs there, it's a year long periodized training program that I've already created. And then the coaches teach the programs. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, rinse and repeat. At it this is. Point. Yeah. And so, and the way the gym setup is, and even the flow of the gym from like how people travel from the racks to the turf, to the cardio equipment, to warming up, to cooling down, to, it's a system at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. I, there's no reason why there shouldn't be. It's just hard. It's just, yeah. It just comes down to actual work work and data and you yeah. know, business is sometimes really is as simple as numbers it's like yeah. all right plug plug it in what is the you know it's not always i don't know i yeah. think people make it too complicated but that's another story that's um, a whole nother podcast yeah. <laughs> you're not that busy how to not think you're so busy you're not that busy so you want to franchise it mm-hmm. i think you can i think you can do it well, thank you. I know you can do it. You gotta help me with marketing. Members. Yes, <laughs> I will be here. I'll be here the whole time. You and Tyler are stuck. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of obviously working out, getting stronger, you really talk about what would you call it? I don't know, like a phrase or whatever. Ooh, are you talking about the deadlift effect? Yes, done, done, done. I'm gonna put some special, special effects. music. The deadlift effect. <laughs> Um, so you talk about the deadlift effect. Yes. What is the deadlift effect? So the basis of the deadlift effect is that, so by the way, if you don't know what a deadlift is, the deadlift is a strength and conditioning movement or a strength movement where you pick up dead weight off the ground and you put it down safely without hopefully injuring yourself. Yeah. Okay. So the goal is obviously to lift as much as you can. The idea of the deadlift effect is that by becoming physically stronger, you can become stronger in all other areas of your life. So I found that when I started working with the general population, because I had worked with professional athletes kind of initially, that when I started working with the everyday person, that they... It was harder. It was harder for them to get results. They had so many other things going on in their lives. It was just one of those things where it's like, and the the self-help industry gave them 9,000 things to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, how's your 9,000 step morning routine? Plus your weightlifting, plus your nutrition, plus your yoga class at the end of the day, plus your nighttime routine. And it's like, where's step one? Yeah. Like, what is step one? So for my clients specifically, I created step one. And step one was just focusing on physical strength. I was like, I don't care what you eat. I don't care when you go to sleep. I don't care about anything other than the fact that you're showing up here and we're lifting. Mm-hmm. And I'll handle how often you're going to do it. I'll handle how much you're going to lift, all those things. But just show up and like, let's get stronger. Uh, then obviously, once that became a habit, the nutrition stuff played in. The focusing on healthy habits at home played in. But it was, what is step one? And uh, Yeah, just one thing. One, 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 yeah. one thing. Yeah. Because our brains don't want to overhaul everything. No. Like our subconscious yeah. brain patterns make it so that I actually told like the Scorch members this morning, I was like, cause I was watching that show last night and it's, we have anywhere up to 90,000 thoughts a day. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And ninety uh, percent of those thoughts are exactly the same. The same. Yeah. yeah. The before. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, how, how do you expect to change? Well, you have to change one thing yeah. at a time yeah. because your brain, if you try to change it all, your brain's gonna be like, nah, yeah. I'm yeah. out. Like, there's so many people go wrong, especially this time of year. It's January third. Mm-hmm. They think, yeah, January second. It's um, all these ninety thousand, or let's say. 75% of my thoughts are going to be different tomorrow. I wish. <laughs> so the deadlift. So it's obviously like a foundational thing. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a mission. Like, so in the sense of like, okay, I'm going to become physically stronger and then I'm going to make stronger decisions for myself. I'm going to make stronger decisions for my family. I'm going to make stronger decisions in business. I'm going to make stronger. And so it's just, you become mentally, emotionally, and physically stronger in the process, but you don't have to worry about those things. You don't have to stress about those things. You can actually just focus on getting stronger and like, I don't know, go live your life, do the things mm-hmm. you enjoy, mm-hmm. like go to work, not yeah. worry about it. And it just happens by default. Yeah. What, why do you think physical health is number one? Because it affects your, the entire chemistry of your body and your brain. So if you are physically healthy, you are more likely to be mentally healthy, emotionally healthy because of how it affects your hormones, how it affects your body's response to certain situations, how you view yourself as an individual. And it doesn't mean you have six pack abs and it doesn't mean you have like you're super lean. It's like, oh yeah, if I need to like pick something up and put it in the back of a truck, like I'm not going to worry that I like threw my back out the entire time. People use this one all the time and it's almost, I I have a kid so I can say it's cliche, but like I want to be able to play with my kids until a certain age, but it is, those suckers are exhausting. (laughs) They're fast and they're all over the place. And and they don't nap. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, how are you still jumping up and down? And can you imagine someone that's not in shape trying to keep up with that? Not with my kid. Yeah. They're in trouble. My kid will just run all over you. So I'll just yell at you the whole time. Yeah, it's it's just... And also think from like a psychological standpoint mm-hmm. of just even showing up, you get this, the feeling of pride almost. And you build it up and you build it up and you build it up where I think, yeah, it's just people, they don't have that confidence. They don't have that like, I'm proud of myself. They don't even, they don't make it far enough yeah. to get to that point. Well, I was going to say, I think it also too, it is hard. And so by doing hard things, yeah, life becomes easier. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how that happens? It's really annoying. It is really annoying because you have to go through hard things Ooh. to get it, to make it easier. I don't want to go through hard things anymore. I'm done. <laughs> You've definitely been through a lot. I think that's, I think that's one of the things that we bonded on. It's like, wow, your life is a shit show. My life is a shit show. Cool. So I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. There's no someone like me. Faking reality. It's like, hey, that messed me up. Yeah. Okay, guys, if you ask any of my friends, they will tell you one thing about me. I always, always have my nails done. It's my thing. I have to do it, which is why I'm so glad I came across Olive in June. Sometimes my schedule of events doesn't align with my nail schedule. And when I need my nails done for an event one weekend, I also want them fresh for the next. This was leading me to have to go to the nail salon between work or when I could squeeze it in in all sorts of weird times of the month. Who has time for that? Plus, of course, the cost. It adds up getting soak-offs and dip powder nails every week. Olive and June has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. You can customize it with your choice of six polishes. The polish doesn't chip and lasts for about seven days or more. And it breaks down to just $2 a manicure. I definitely don't miss spending hours at the nail salon and my nails look just the same and for a fraction of the cost. I can change up my colors for events and outfits without damaging my nails and they look just the same as a professionally done job. Visit oliveandjune.com slash habits for 20% off your first mini system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash H-A-B-I-T-S for 20% off your first mini system. Okay, so let's talk about like your journey like because you said you're diagnosed with depression Mm -hmm. you started lifting at 13 Mm -hmm. were you always so aware of what was going on in your life or was it always like hey I like I know it sucks but I'm on top of it like I'm gonna take care of myself or did you have a period like I know I had a period of like disassociation from everything like denying like shutting everything out or have you always been a very mentally aware self-aware person so I think 
unfortunately I've been so mentally aware to a fault. Mm -hmm. So I have like real OCD, like diagnosed, mm -hmm. like OCD. I'm like even medicated for it. And I also have a photographic memory. So the combination is awful. It's awful. Why? Wait, explain. Because I can remember everything. Yeah. And I can remember how I felt during the times. Yeah. I can remember like so my, that, like. How does that affect your OCD? So, because my brain is a Rolodex. Mm -hmm. So it's like I can see something or smell something or something. And I'll just like flashback of memories until I was like three years old, basically. Oh my God. And so for me, it's unfortunate because I. Because that brings up a lot of emotions. It does. And it, so looking back, I can look at things from when I was younger and I can see how they affected me. Me now because I remember them so vividly but at the same time I don't think when I was younger that I knew what was going on I think I just felt hurt and pain at yeah. that point or yeah. fear yeah or whatever it was whatever the emotion was so I've always been like well just like in your into your 20s maybe not in your yeah. like early childhood but I mean, in college, I disassociated a bunch, but that was because I like to drink beer after track meets yeah. <laughs> and um, that kind of stuff. No, I feel like I've always been on this constant struggle of like trying to like fix myself, but, but I'm really good at fixing other people instead of fixing and working on myself. So that's something actually that I've noticed is a trend for me and I'm aware of it, but even if you're aware of something, sometimes it's really hard to change it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's almost like you're hyper aware on it. So you're yeah. constantly thinking about it. So it's even harder to change. I think, I think real change happens when you're living your life and not thinking about something. Yeah. How do you I, do that? I don't know. I've, I've like this past year, I've worked on this one area so freaking hard. And then all of a sudden it kind of just like went away and I like stopped thinking about it. And then it's like, now it's just easier and yeah. I'm not now I'm not worried about it. It was just so weird. All year I was worried about it. Yeah. And I was like, every extra minute I'm gonna focus on this one thing. I'm gonna change my belief around it. I'm gonna change my limiting thoughts around it or whatever. And then then I just oh I don't even I can't even tell you what happened. Nothing really happened. It was just like it went away. So we just have to be. Yeah. Be let it be. We just let it be. <laughs> For control freaks. That's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I totally agree with you on that though. The, the only times, the only times in my life, the numerous amazing times in my life that things have worked out for me, it's because I've just kind of been like, we're going with the flow. We're going with the flow. Like, I don't know how this is going to happen. And I'm just going to yeah. go grab a drink with a friend yeah, or okay. I'm just going to shut down and take a bubble bath. Yeah. Like you're yeah. not trying to force it or control it and manipulate it and like, oh, like you have such a tight grip on it. And yeah. that's when everything's like, that's like, so annoying. It just opens up. It's so annoying. And it's so annoying. Yeah. Because like, it's so funny because I think I told you this the other day, someone kind of started to confide in me about that same area that I was so like lost in. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was so uneducated or I was still going through it. And I was like, three months ago, I wouldn't have been able to give you advice. But like, I gave this, I was like talking to this person and giving them advice on it. And I felt very like I'd overcome it. I remember when you told me this yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like oh my gosh, wait, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm over it a little bit. And I feel like I, mm -hmm. but it took me a year and I was like, am I ever going to get out of this? Yeah. Am I ever going to get out? And then I got out and well, no, that's weird, but I'm sure I know another area will come up. <laughs> Hopefully not. No, not, let's not put that out there. Let's be like, no, we have no more areas. We fixed them all. No, that's impossible. If anyone it's thinks impossible. that they're fixed, you are in denial. No, but I remember you telling me that story and it was like that. It, you almost had to like talk it out loud to somebody who was completely disassociated from mm -hmm. you as an individual and be like, wow, mm -hmm. I'm different now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I felt really good. Yeah. I felt good. So... And yeah, like I said, just going with the flow. And that's what I was trying to explain to them. I was like, you just really have to stop thinking about it. Like, I don't yeah. know how else to break it down for you. Yeah. Like, well, stop thinking about it. And I think that goes, maybe, okay, I'm going to ask you questions on the podcast now. When it goes into, because I think that's huge, and it's huge for me, and it's huge for other people, and I see it with all our clients at Scorch and the people I've worked with, is like, how do you stop thinking about things? What are the steps that you need to take? So, like, we, because we do, we hyper-focus on healing. And I think that's funny because when I first met you, I was, I think I mentioned like for me too, it's like, we so hyper-focus on healing mm -hmm. that it's almost unhealthy exactly. the amount that we're trying to heal. Yeah, I know. I was like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then it comes down to, okay, so what are the things that we can do to make it so that we are still focusing on our goals and making ourselves better people? We're not trying to like hide it all or drink ourselves into oblivion mm -hmm. or whatever it is, but what are the steps that we can take? Like, what are some of the ones that you took? I, I mean, yeah, I was hyper-focused on it for so long. I journaled about it all the time. I really did try to pinpoint 
the origin of the of like when it happened. That was the biggest thing for me. Just really going back to those deeply rooted limiting beliefs around something. Like where did this come into my life? Because I, I don't have it in a majority of I don't have those beliefs about myself in a ninety-nine percent of my life. So why do I have this one that is so prominent? So I really, really just got down to the deeply rooted seated issue of like, okay, this is where I think it came from. And then really hyper-focusing on that. And anytime I felt a trigger with it, I would um, immediately recognize that it was a trigger and be like, no, like, I don't believe this. Just because I'm having this thought doesn't mean it's true. It's not true about me. This is not who I am. It's just like a thought I'm having. And I've clearly been having these thoughts over and over and over and over again. So it was almost like, say I had a hundred thoughts about it a day. I would try to get it down to 99 mm -hmm. and then 98 mm -hmm. and then 97. And now I'm feel like I'm down to like within zero to 10 a day. You know yep. what I mean? So just, just trying to eliminate the thoughts about it by changing your beliefs about it. That's, yeah. that's really what I did, but it took me a long time. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. And it depends on how deeply rooted that issue is and how long you've been carrying it around. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much I see it in my day to day life, like with, especially with people who are in around me where it's like family or like people I've known for like generations. <laughs> it's like, you don't realize how much ha affected you from the age of zero to 10 and the age oh, of 10 to 20 oh or when your brain is developing, your brain's literally developing. So it's not even until a, you're like mid twenties. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, honestly, your brain habits don't, again, I was watching the video last night. Um, <laughs> your brain literally doesn't fully like condense down and say, these are my like true beliefs mm -hmm. until you're 35. Really? Yeah. We got time. Ooh, we got time. Yeah. I can build new ones. I got a whole <laughs> eight months. Um, so you got to pick it up, girl. I'm screwed. I'm watching all the documentaries. Yeah, we are as our brains develop. That's why I try to tell people in the gym. I'm like, they're like, I'm broken. I'm like, you're not broken. Mm -hmm. It's just that your brain <clears throat> developed and learned something. Now you have to unlearn exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. How do you unlearn? Like, okay, so we learned English. Mm -hmm. How do you unlearn the language? Mm -hmm. You don't speak it for 10 years. Mm. You don't speak it for 15 years. People learn Spanish, all different languages all the time, and they lose them after a couple of years. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's like we literally are, we're taught something, whether it's a belief, whether it's a, whether we know we're being taught or not. A yeah, a habit or just like, this is your reality or this is our reality. Their reality is that they're wealthy, they're happy. Our reality is that we are poor and we are sad. Mm -hmm. So, and then you learn it just like a language. Wow, I've never heard it explained like that. It just popped into my head to explain it like that. Really? So I, yeah, I've never said it. I've never said those words. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's like you got to go to Mexico yeah. and literally never be around English language. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you'll unlearn it, and then you will learn yeah. a new language. A new language. So I just came up with that off my head. I like it. Thanks. I'm sure someone this else did why, it at some point. That's why we're friends. <laughs> it's because all of a sudden the juju vibes come in into our brain <laughs> and they just word vomit. Um, I joke about juju vibes. I believe in juju vibes. Really? Oh, I'm an energy person like oh, no yeah, other. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. you are. I'm an energy person with a science degree. Yeah, with a photographic memory. It's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm really... I'm the opposite. I was just talking to my sister about this today. I really do have a very bad memory. Like, we, we went to lunch and she like like recognized and knew all about the waiter that we had and we had it two and a half years ago she's like do you remember that one time we came in here and this guy he was like a latin singer and i was like no and she was like that's who our wait that's who our waiter is i'm like i can't no I, I don't so much has happened in my life in the last two and a half years i don't remember a waiter <laughs> yeah it's it's funny because i think that some people may who knows maybe she's ocd like me i just hyper focus on absolutely mm -hmm. everything so I see patterns mm -hmm. and like all that kind of stuff, like no other all the time, which makes me terrible to be in relationships with. Cause if you screw up just a little bit, I'll be like, Hey, remember when you did this and did this and then said this. And then I've had to learn to yeah, just like, like shut I my mouth. It. I know yeah. what you were wearing. I know where we were. Yeah. And you said this, but now you're saying this. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I shut my mouth a lot now when that <laughs> happens. But, um, but also too, I think that memory, and this is again, what I've seen just working with people is, is that memory issues come from a lot of trauma in life oh, totally. because it's our body's way of just being like, protect, protect, protect. Yeah, blocking it out. Yeah. Like my you, worst memory is when I was going through trauma. Like yeah. that's where my, my life feels like a blank uh -huh. slate, yeah. blank open pa or blank pages. Imagine if you had to visually relive all of that every day, drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So your brain's yeah. like, screw you, don't yeah. forget. Definitely. I mean, our brains are always trying to protect us. It's yeah. literally its job. <laughs> Fight or flight, baby. So yeah, so I think that, yeah, with the, the memory stuff, the trauma stuff, all that, it's just, we learn certain things and unlearning is something that we're not taught to do in our lives. Mm. So maybe we teach people how to unlearn. Everyone, we're moving to Mexico and we're not <laughs> speaking English. I think we have to go deeper south. I have a lot of connections in Ecuador. Oh, let's go there. Let's go there. We can. We can, we can go whenever you want. Okay, let's go. I've never been, I've never been thought about going to Ecuador. I have been five times now. Wow. So my good friends, um, my, some of my best friends actually, they, he's originally from there. She's from Peru. They built their dream home um, on a farm in the middle of the rainforest in the middle of nowhere. So it takes like six hours from the capital to get there. Um, so How long does it take to get there from the airport? Not long. Oh. Honestly, it's like it's like a three-hour flight. Well, and then how far oh, I drive? Oh, from the airport. Oh, Quito is like an actual key. The capital of Ecuador is Quito. It's a it's a very like business savvy, yeah. wealthy, entrepreneurial like yeah. So it's actually super nice. It's so called Quito. Quito. Quito, like, Ecuador. Like, like Quito, like K-E-T-O. No, Q-U-I-T-O. Oh. Oh, boo. No, not like oh, the diet. that out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about not eating carbohydrates in Quito, <laughs> Ecuador. term comes from no. Ecuador? No. <laughs> these, oh, people, these people eat a lot of carbs. <laughs> But no, we can go. We can go to Quito and not speak English. Sweet. We I'll learn. I'll unlearn a lot of things there. That's what we're gonna plan. We're gonna plan a healing transformation trip in the rainforest yes. in Ecuador. Who wants to go? Yes. So I'll put the link in the show notes. The link in the share notes to our transformation uh, retreat that we're running. Um, we should do something like that. We have the ability to. Oh, totally. I've always wanted to do a retreat. Me always. too. Yeah. Let's always. just do it. Okay, let's do it. Let's just screw it. Like yeah. there's so many organizations and companies that can help us like create it. And then we can have the, obviously we can bring the fitness side of it. Yeah. We can do the yoga, uh, the yoga side. Of it. Yeah. Yoga. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I really, really, it's like definitely. We can do emotion code healing on people. One of my five things that we need to write down. So, anyways, back to trans transformations, um, unlearning. Yeah, let's just figure out how to unlearn. Yeah, honestly, life is all about literally getting down to nothing. That's yeah. it, that's how I picture it. It's like you've built up all of these layers and layers and layers, and it's heavy and it's a lot. And it's like if you just, it's not about adding. It's literally about subtracting. Yeah. It really is. Subtracting as much as possible. So I think that's really the area of my, where I am in life is like, how much can I leave behind? How much can I lose? Subtract. Yeah. Un unearth, which sucks. That part sucks. Sometimes you have to unearth a lot of crazy shit that uh, you don't want to uh -huh. face yep. to get through it, which I had to do. That's yeah. I think that's so hard. I mean, and the thing too is, is that we avoid pain for obvious reasons because mm -hmm. it hurts. Mm -hmm. And so stepping, that's why I think, again, let's go back to strength, conditioning, and the deadlift effect. That's why yes. I think it's so great to focus on becoming physically strong because you have to step into your pain to be able to actually like release it totally. and for you to level your life up. And I say that right now in a point of my life where I'm very like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. I have at a very big, big transition mm -hmm. point in my life right now. Probably one of the biggest. And I say probably one of the biggest because I have a daughter now. When I didn't have a kid, it was a completely different situation. I was like, let's go take all the risks. We have nothing to lose. I'll live in a box. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm your typical stupid risk taker that has no problem losing it all and uh, Me too. couch surfing because yeah. To me, it's like, how else do you live life? Yeah. That being said, it, when it backfires, it backfires big time in your face. Um, <laughs> You've always been taken care of. Yeah. No. That's, that's my thing is like, I think I have that because I know I'll never be put out. Mm -hmm. Like I'll never be homeless yeah. no. ever in my life. No, because you, because you love your friends, you take care of your relationships, you yeah. nurture your relationships yeah. with the people who are your actual friends. Yeah. So I think that's huge. Your community is the number one thing. If I didn't have my Scorch community and like, even like today, like m my college girlfriends, like we have our group text and like we graduated what, 12 years ago mm -hmm. now. And it's like, we still are joking with each other. Like, helping each other. And if I ever needed anything, they would all be here yeah. in two seconds. Totally. So I think, I mean, we, that's why we can do that. Obviously not everyone has that ability or option to have something to fall back on, but yeah. And not that I would ever do that just because I like know I have a safety net. Like obviously I don't want ever want it to come to that point where mm -hmm. I have to do that, but no. I'm just very much like, eh, if it doesn't work out, I have failed before. And I think that's another thing about 
risks and trying things is that once you start actually taking risk and accomplishing something, it's like you build up this like resume of risks that you've overcome. And so the next time you want to take one, you're like, yeah. well, I've accomplished 20 other ones. Yeah. And so, but the thing is people don't even want to take the one. Well, and that's what it is. That's just like, it's, it's a habit. It's like starting a habit. Like yeah. there's also having confidence in yourself. It's trusting yourself. Cause if you're taking that risk, like, are you taking it for your ego or are you taking it for your soul? Mm -hmm. Are you taking it because you want to be wealthy and have everyone see the car you're driving and all this kind of stuff? Like cool power to you if that's what you want, but just know that if that risk fails, you're going to feel a lot different than if you were doing it for your soul. And you finally are like, you know what? I'm glad I took that risk. Cause now I know, mm -hmm. now I know how I feel versus like, Oh, I took that risk exactly. because I wanted to be wealthy. And I just screwed over 15 other people exactly. in this investment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about, we'll kind of like wrap it up with how we want to disappear for six months. Oh yeah. We're disappearing. We're disappearing. <laughs> disappearing for six months. I'm just at this point where I'm like, I want to put my head down. I want to focus. I want to, so is that even, is that why we're getting up at three o'clock in the morning? Yes. Because no one else will do it. And so we kind of told each other like, okay, we're going to write down five things that we want to not maybe accomplish, but focus on, focus on, get a head start on what are your, did you come up with your five things? I came up with some of them. Okay. Um, me too. I haven't officially like read them down or no, you, but I have no, them in my head. Maybe Whether, we do that after this. Yes. So it's funny. Cause like, obviously we're on your podcast and I have been, and maybe it's just like being a guest occasionally on your podcast or something, but I've always wanted to start a podcast or be consistent with yes. a podcast and not because like, and this this is actually for the Scorch members specifically because I we have 48 or 53 some classes a week or something and I don't teach them all. We have a bunch of other amazing trainers, but one of my favorite things in class is being able to talk to people about their questions. Like, so they have questions about nutrition, exercise, mindset, stress, anxiety, dealing with depression stuff. So I'm always like, go see your therapist, stay within your yeah. scope of practice. Um, so, oh no, that's always my favorite. I'm like, well, listen, I'm not a therapist, yeah, yeah. but starting a podcast or doing podcasting with peeps consistently is one of the things that I've wanted to do for a while to the point where I even have a podcast set up in my house. I just don't use it. However, um, we might need her one day when we become yeah. rich and famous and we need the yeah. stylist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, the, um, I laugh because the Liz Lowe show, it's not just because it's supposed to be a podcast show. Some of the coaches at Scorch since day one of opening Scorch have called me Liz Lowe show because yeah. my life is a freaking show <laughs> half the time, like, because of like all the craziness that goes on. So it's not even like a, Oh, look at me show. It's like a, Oh, look at, look, Oh, look what oh, just look happened. Like, look at this shit show that just happened. <laughs> um, so that's kind of why it's well, called that's the Liz Lowe show. And then you could have like yeah. your picture be like a hot mess express, yeah, which it is. Yeah. And that's where it's like, and it's, and I think that's where it goes back to the very beginning of this podcast where you and I talked about when we met each other and like what we thought like mm. up front and like you came in. Oh and, yeah. What do you think of me? You never told me. Not that I, I don't know. Cause I, I mean, just immediately I thought you were very put together and like, and you were very present, like, especially when we were like having our initial conversations mm -hmm. and like when I first asked you, I'm like, Oh, where did you come from? How did you hear about the gym? Like was doing all like the gym owner. Like here's where the locker rooms yes. are. So I thought you were very present and put together, but it was just funny because no part of me thought anything else other than like, I feel like she needs to work here. Is it too soon for me to ask her if she wants to work here? I know I just, she just walked in to like get a membership or maybe like work out here for the first yeah, time. But yeah. if I just like ask her if she wants a job, yeah. like, <laughs> no, so that's really how it went down. Yeah. But then again, like that's the Liz Lowe show. Like yeah. it's my brain is, doesn't do well with normalcy. normalcy. Like I don't, I'm not going to have a normal conversation with someone when they walk in the door necessarily because, well, first of all, with Scorch, it's like scary when you first walk in, like you see all these power yeah. racks and these barbells. Imagine never lifting yeah. and walking in and seeing yeah. that. You're yeah. like, what the? Yeah. So of course, like when someone walks in, like whoever you are, you're my new best friend because guess what? You just walked in to support my business. Mm -hmm. You walked in probably wanting to accomplish something that you don't even know yet. So you come in thinking you are ready to lose five pounds, 10 pounds, like, but maybe you've dealt with verbal abuse in the past and it's caused you to have self-confidence issues and that makes you want to lose five pounds. So you yeah. don't even have to lose five pounds. It's always a deeper issue. I think yeah. it's never just the surface level. Yeah. Shit. So I try to 
honestly do zero surface level shit yeah, with people do. when they walk in the scorch. Yeah, I don't like surface level yeah. conversation. Yeah. So if someone has that with me, I'm usually likely to step away. So when someone walks into my gym, I immediately go for, who are you? What do you want to accomplish? Like. I'm literally trying to get to know you on yeah, day one yeah, as exactly. much as I can. I like that too. I don't like wasting time. It's such a not a patient time. person. So I don't like to waste time. I really don't. It's funny. Like relationships are really funny because you meet someone and you both don't know anything about each other mm-hmm. at all. And so you just kind of, like I said, you kind of create these own judgments around them or perceive them some way. And then you start to get to know them and get to know them. And then it's like, honestly, like, I don't even know. It's like, oh, I feel like I've been friends with you for 10 years. Like, yeah. You know, it's because you were meant to be friends with especially as adults, like making new friends. It's like so hard. It is. It is hard. It's really hard. But I've always done it actually. Even if even everywhere I've moved. Yeah. I've always found a group of a group of friends. Yeah, but good. I'm glad you it did. is. Yeah, it's hard. That'd be sad if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, need, some, need some peeps. Um, okay, so your podcast show ish. Yeah. Whether you know starting one or being more consistent or something like that. Podcasting is one of them. Taking care of my physical health is a big one for me. So just because I work, 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 and I put a lot of effort into other human beings, Mm -hmm. making my training and my nutrition a priority because I am a caretaker and I am an empath and I'm someone who wants to actually take care of the people that are around me. And sometimes that bites me in the ass. So that's one of them. And then I have some more, it's funny. It's like, cause I was thinking like, do we add like the retreat thing or something like that? I want to give myself some very like cut and dry. Like we will accomplish this for the business. Mm. Like maybe it is like completing a, a buyout and owning a hundred percent, or maybe it is saying, okay, like I am going to go and raise venture capital and we're just going to open a location in St. Pete. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's looking at, and with those types of things, like, I want to say them, but I actually have to go look at the books and I have yeah. to go make sure that it makes sense and look at the cost of commercial real estate in St. Pete right now. And could that happen in six months? The the start of it could a build yeah, out. The start of it could. Yeah, yeah. The build outs. If anyone wants to know about commercial real estate, um, well, build yeah, outs. Not about yeah. like not a full completion or having a class like yeah. this. Like Dude, we can turn venture capital around yeah. and, and find a lease within yeah. thirty days if we need yeah. it to. So it's just a matter of like okay, what makes the most sense for where we are right now? So I do want to put a couple things business related on there because I don't know what else, what else we got to lose. We got a really cool business sitting yeah, there. I know. Might as well try to scale it. And then uh, I want to do something with social media. I don't know what, I hate social media. I know. Like, I don't know why I'm just in this funk. I'm, and I think I just need to take a full on break. I don't blame you. And then come back yeah. refreshed. So here's my here's my issue and here's my thing. Like the issue about that I see, especially with people like you or with, well, I don't post shit. So is that social media does give other people access to your knowledge, which then helps them. That's why I got the podcast. Oh, yeah. But that's, that's, my, that's like kind of my form of like social media right now, I think. Okay, that's good. See, I yeah. don't have that. That's yeah. yeah. So that's my, <laughs> that's my issue is, is that like when I post on social media, like when I rarely post on social media and I try to put out informational content, they're like, wow, I really didn't know that. Or I really needed that. Yeah. And so to me, that's like, I should be better at I this know. because it's helping. I know. Not because I want to build my personal brand right. or yeah. whatever. It's because like, it's actually helping. So I want to do something in the space of social media that gets information out to people that they can actually use, whether that's about what type of athlete they are mm-hmm. or like really simple tips about nutrition so that they don't have to worry about like cutting out 9,000 foods yeah. and never going on a date night with their yeah. spouse and yeah. that kind of stuff. So I feel like that is such a good delivery system for that. It's just, there's so much trash that you have to navigate. And yeah. so it's like, how do you navigate the trash? Yeah. I've just found now that I have, you know, I did my other podcast and now this one, it just, these just, episodes can take on a life of their own. People just share them just like social media. It's like, yeah. I'm just finding it therapeutic. Therapeutic for I me. Think, dude, I'm so glad yeah. we did this before yeah. you came over. I was like, I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> I'm a bad mood. Yeah, you talked it out. It's all good. <laughs> there's no algorithms to podcasts. Like there's no like, oh, mine's not going to get seen. And we don't have it's to own thing. pictures so, of ourselves. Right. And like, I scroll on social media and I'm just like, I'm never like, I just, I just start comparing myself and I'm like, well, I'm never going to create a reel that good. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I think your reels are really good. Oh, thanks. Okay. So that's pretty much four. I think like, kind of like you said, you want to be better at social media. I, one of my big ones is, I think, and I was talking to you about this. Like I want to make a difference, obviously. Like that's oh, yeah. literally from when I wake up to when I go to bed, I'm like, how can I 
I, I love to help and serve, um, but I'm just kind of overdoing it through social media. So I really want to get more involved in the community. So yeah. that is one thing that I, so we do have a nonprofit affiliated with Scorch that I started with Christina a couple of years ago. And we work with at-risk youth in Sarasota, in Bradenton and Venice. However, when I say at-risk youth, I'm talking about eighth through 12th grade. So what I found was that there was a major lack in uh, services for that age demographic, boys and girls. So you have tons of programs for adolescents. You have tons of programs all the way through middle school because middle school is a hard time. Yeah. And then in high school, it's like we forget about it. Yeah, like, oh, good luck. Yeah. And so when we created Scorch Community, the idea was to bring in the mindset of the deadlift effect and teach these girls and boys that by becoming physically stronger, that every area of their life would become mm-hmm. stronger. And so we'd bring them into Scorch for two hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It'd be four hours a week in Scorch. They would do strength and conditioning workouts. We'd do journaling. We'd do prompts. We'd do snack time. We would, we would would talk out situations um and we've done this for years and so and like we would uh diffuse situations like so i got in a like, fight and pulled someone out of their car window the other day i'm like how would we have done that better <laughs> um i'm like crap i'm making them stronger they were on their way to mentally ch- it they were on their way to church uh, that was i just remember looking being like i'm not gonna laugh i'm gonna keep a straight face but i want to laugh because i'm pretty sure that this girl can bench now and she ripped someone out of a car but anyways but it's that it's the teaching them that and a lot of these kids live in areas, so we do have an area in Sarasota, even though we're very affluent here, that is has shootings all the time and kids can't go outside and they have to stay in their houses and they may live with six, seven, eight other people in one house and not have a car and if they miss the bus, they're not going to school that day. And so these are the kids that we've gotten to work with and uh, they wouldn't normally get to learn how to squat, deadlift, and bench. And uh, we get them clothes and shoes it's so and it's so fun. Yeah. And they're amazing. These girls and boys are incredible. They're highly intelligent. They're driven. They, they just need that little extra, like, oomph, that yeah, little push. And then, totally. Yeah. Especially, like you said, people or kids in that area, and they just don't think anyone is there for them. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. being there for them makes a huge difference. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely want to get more involved in something like that. Oh, I do, like, you know, want to buy a house yep. or have my own space, Tyler and I. So that's a big goal. Physically, I want to be, like, in the best shape ever. Which, obviously, our 3.45 in the morning workouts I are going to help us with that. I know. Who else gets it at 3.45 and works out? We got up earlier than 3.45. Oh, yeah. Well, we started working out at 4. 3.58. Yeah. Go us. The Instagram said 3.58. <laughs> I didn't know. We have the proof. And your photographic memory. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't suggest to anybody getting up at 3-something in the morning to go work out unless you have to. Yeah, unless you have to. We, we have to. We have to. We have places to be. We do. At and, 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So if that's the case. No, and that's it is. We're prioritizing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help us heal without having to focus on healing. Yes, exactly. Like, we're not thinking about it, but we are, but we're not. Yeah, we're just going to do the thing. But I'm going to start with the deadlift effect. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. start with my physical. Like, I really am putting that number one. Yep. Like, even tomorrow, I got asked to go out on a boat. And I'm like, first I was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm like... It's Wednesday. I told myself I'd like disappear for six months and I'm like, nope, I'm not going to go. It's probably going to be beautiful. I'm going to miss out, but I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do my podcast. I'm going to work out. Like, I don't know. So that for me, like I can be very impressionable almost. Me too. Yeah. Where I get sucked into like, yeah, I got to have FOMO. I don't want to miss out. Oh my God. Yeah. So, you know what's so funny is that people probably would look at both of us and say, oh, they are so good like at regimented. like their boundaries and yes. regimented yes. and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, do you know that I ate five pounds of gummy bears from Costco the other day? <laughs> like, so I think that's where people look at us. And so, but then if we say no, it's they're like, oh, it's because you're so regimented. I'm I like, know. I'm like, we can't win. I'm like, listen, I have given my soul away. Okay. Yes. I have no soul left to give yes. you. Let me go home yeah. and get my soul. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the six month thing will be good because I'm good, but I've never been that. I've never like really hardcore dedicated. Some I don't know. I just I, I want to do it for six months. I will tell you right now that I have never yeah. hardcore dedicated yeah. to one thing. Yeah, for six exactly, months. exactly. And, and I know we picked five, but like, well, we kind of picked, like we like, picked a physical, we picked a spiritual, yeah. we picked like business. Uh, business. Yeah. We picked, and so we picked uh, a like physical, and, and not in the sense of body wise, but in the sense of like you want to buy a house. Like, yeah, I would really like to buy myself a brand new Chevy Tahoe, <laughs> pimped out, blacked out. So you we, like you have those types of things yeah. too. So, so we're not gonna think about it, and then they will come. Yep. 
sure. house will come. Do we have to put them on a vision board? Does that work? I don't know. Do you? I've really never done a vision board. I'm not a little big. Is that why we are where we are in life? Do Do we we need need vision boards? Anyone out there? Do vision boards work? (laughs) I mean, I know people that you know, or whatever, successful, quote unquote, say they do them. But you know, also, I'm really bad about maybe not even a vision board. Trauma that we had as children. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bad about even setting goals, though. Honestly, so am I. That's why I'm like. I want to do six months. Six months have these goals. And so I want maybe to... we need to... Oh God, I've written courses on goal setting for tech companies. Uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go through my goal setting course that okay. I created okay. for a different company. We won't Why tell don't them. you... Oh, you can't, you can't sell that yourself. No, I, 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 I sold it to them. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay you can't. Because so you're talking about how you wanted to create passive income, but you can't sell that as a course. I can... We can create a new one. Oh, okay. Any other courses that I've created for other companies... I guess I am a course creator. Well, <laughs> you are. Oh my gosh. Um, you just never take it a course, so you don't think no, you're... I, you no. Know, you know what it is, too, is, is that I'm really good. Well, also, too, when I do it for other companies, they pay up front. So it's yeah. not like... A little bit more motivated. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like, hey, here's our here's our budget. Go. And then I hire a media team. And yeah. then I hire this and that. Yeah. And I build out something for them. No, I'm really good at doing things for other people. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I can make other people a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like, it's these six months. It's like, okay, what do we need to do? Mm-hmm. And what do we need to do every day, every mm-hmm. week, every month, every quarter and mm-hmm. kind of go from there. So I will say the one, one time I was super dedicated was when I did my fitness competition. Oh my God. That's the time that I was too. Uh, do we need to do one? No. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. No. But like, uh, I was just like, Everything was yeah, it was fine. Everything was happening. Yeah, like I have super structured time management. Mm-hmm. Everything was clicking in my life. I when actually I was remember doing financially when I was doing my show competition or whatever. Wait, what like, did you do? Like a bikini competition? Yeah. Oh, you did? I yep. didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, like years. This is ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just remember everything for me was like everything was on point. My, yes. Even my financial stability was on yes. point. But I think the idea is that we had such a structure, yeah. so we don't need to necessarily train for a physique show. We can pick something else. Like, okay, what are we structuring our life around? Okay, we're structuring around this goal. This goal yeah, what is, is that this five these five things. Or whatever, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll, we'll write them out. Yeah, maybe we'll share them. Maybe we won't. I do have to have? I I need like one thing that I structure thing around because when I was doing the competition, yeah. my life was structured around my workouts and my eating. Yep. So but like go. now, I don't have. You have a sock on your hand <laughs> from my dog. Bell is playing catch. Um, yeah, I just don't. And that's the thing is like I can turn my brain on real quick. It can go from yeah. it can 180 click. If I sign up for a fitness competition right now, my brain would switch. Yep. One, I go 180. It's like, yep, that's yep. what I'm doing, and everything else doesn't matter, and that's all I'm going to focus on. Yep. So I need something like that to where I'm like, all right. Well, maybe we sign up to host a uh, retreat in six months. Yeah. And we have to build everything else to get it there. Yeah. Uh, I talked about it the other day. I was like, yeah. does anyone want to do a retreat with me? Yeah, and they're like, like, yes. Like where? In Mexico? I don't know. Like somewhere. a different country? Or within the U.S.? It's actually probably cheaper to do it out of country. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you just yeah. get like all-inclusive, one-time uh-huh. fee. Yeah, and there's so many companies that let you like set up those things for you and yeah. then bring in your instructors and your curriculum. And I mean, when it comes to writing curriculum, like that's my jam. Oh my gosh. They're going to be so amazing at that. Okay, we're going to do that. We got to do it at a healthy place so we can eat real healthy. Yeah. And on the like last Costa night, have margaritas. <laughs> Costa Rica. I love Costa Rica. Actually, two of my friends are going on a yoga retreat to Bali, and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Doesn't we'll work our way up to that. Let's work our way up to that. Honestly, there are some beautiful places in the middle of nowhere in Ecuador that I've been to Ooh. that have the most amazing views. Like, can we do it on your friend's hot farm? Tubs. <laughs> yeah, we can literally. You can literally walk around that farm and eat until your heart's content just by picking things off of trees and from the ground. It's incredible. It's literally so incredible. But no, I think that we should, yeah, maybe, who knows? Yeah. We don't know yet. We'll we tell you. <laughs> we'll tell you when we figure out that one thing We're that we have to start for at this point. I know. <laughs> okay, I like to ask all of my people at the end of the episode, and I stole this from Oprah, and I still need to come up with my own way of asking, but she always asks people, what do you know for sure? Meaning, if you could... If you had a megaphone to the entire world and you wanted people to know one thing or, yeah, just learn one thing, what would it be? That by becoming physically stronger, every other area of your life will become stronger. 
Simple. Yeah. Yeah. So start with one thing. One thing. Get strong. Go people. to the gym. Lift. Lift the weight. Take the quiz. Take the athlete quiz. So oh yeah, take the athlete type quiz. If you are just running consistently every day and you're burnt out, you're not seeing results. You might not be a type one athlete. Yeah, and so and also too, the athlete type quiz does not try to sell you anything at the end of it. So just go take the athlete type quiz. Yeah, but then you also do have you do have a program. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I do have a program. I think it's on my website. Okay, well, we'll put the link in my show notes for okay. this episode. Cool. The program that I created that goes along with the athlete type training, I think is like 25 bucks or yeah. something like that. Super easy. Yeah, but it's like full blown, yeah. like, this is what you're going to yeah, do. It's not exactly. a simple thing. I just so that's, don't like to charge. So she has everything set up her advice, followed by the quiz, you're followed by the program you need to do after you take the quiz. Wow, so. I do have that all set Yeah, I know. I don't even realize these things. <laughs> just all over the place. I'm so, I'm a squirrel. Scatterbrain. Squirrel. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. We're definitely going to have to do more. Well, we're doing a book club. We're doing all the things. Yeah, so. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yay. Let's do it. Okay, bye. 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 the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.